I'm Daisy Ray. Welcome to the Talk Poetry to Me podcast. This is the podcast that highlights and amplifies local spoken word artists and poets from around the East Midlands. Today, I'm talking to spoken word artist and author of Outspoken, a hard-hitting, no-holds-barred, unapologetically in-your-face poetry book. Welcome to the show, True Colours. Thanks for having me. Buzzing to be here. You are very welcome. We'll dive right into your journey and we'll start at the beginning, specifically the beginning of your writing, performing journey. How did you get into the world of poetry and spoken word? What sparked your creative side? Listening to music growing up, I would say my parents always played music in the house. All types of genre because my parents are Nigerian. I was born here. Nigeria is a British colony. So there's a lot of British influences in, in the music they listen to. But also I listen to like traditional music, the Oriental Brothers. Listen to like I grew up listening to 80s. That's my era. So anything from Nick Kershaw to the Eurythmics, and I just love lyrics. So uh, Madonna, you know, and then there was the the, the, the soul with the the debarges. But I, what it was, like Karen Carpenter, my mum used to play her all the time. So I I used to have music all around me, and people find it hilarious that I know word for word for most of her songs. But what she talks about, you know, it just captured me, and yeah. um, I think that's what it was in me. I never knew I was going to write poetry, but I always like lyrics. Does that make sense? Perfect sense because lyrics really are, aren't they like a form of poetry? Yeah, they are. You're getting that message out in a three minute song compared to telling a story. So I think there are a lot of crossovers with lyrics and poetry. 100. Music's quite therapeutic as well because yeah. you can listen to a song and it takes you back to a moment, a time, a date, an era, a feeling. An emotion and poetry is often without music and it's often you know mm-hmm. a cappella, but there's a lot of emotion behind it as well. So I think with me, I can't sing that well, so I was never going to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also listened to hip hop growing up as well, and the poetry, the, the 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 cadence, the stories they told, you know, from their backgrounds is all a big influence in my in my career but like I say I say career but I I fell into poetry not it was never on purpose okay I fell into it because I was a youth worker and we used to do um workshops with some of the kids from like rougher and poorer backgrounds in gangs maybe in groups just hanging around on the streets so we used to at the maybe center in um in Norberton we used to get a lot of the guys together to do lyric writing so while we're getting them to do, we used to get them to do concept writing on different things like love. Oh, I'm not writing about love. No way. I'm like, well, you know, teenagers don't want to, you know, especially male teenagers, love is, oh, that's awful. I don't want to hear about that. I said, yeah, but you talk about loving Manchester United. You talk about loving your trainers. You could, There's all types of different love. And it's like, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. You love your family, you know. And, and so t- what we did was open minds. But because I was helping them with these things I started writing as well with them so I'd write on the topics and then one time one of the my co-worker Wesley Davidson said oh you've got you've got a knack for this and then one day we took them to this um, open mic night at uh, well it's actually a performance for at Dada um the uh in Derby it was in Derby yeah Dada it was we took the youth group there to a um I think my friend Ruckus had a 
uh, baby people it was uh, event. So we took them there and he just put me down on the list to go to, <laughs> to do a poem. He didn't tell me. <laughs> it just goes uh, and, and they call my name out. And I, he said, do that poem that you wrote for those lot called I Said, She Said. And I was like, no, but he, he, he didn't tell me he was going to put me up. And then they put me up and, I, and it went really well. And then that was it. So sort of went into it from there, really. Well, then, see, you got bitten by the bug straight away. I did. <laughs> and also, you know, what? but having said that, if it, if it had gone bad, I might have ran away and never come back again, you know. so. Well, thank God it went the right way then. Well, yeah. I got a good reaction from the crowd. So I thought, oh, that, you know, I might be onto something here. So that was it. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Talk about serendipity. It just sort of fell into place and here you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Talking about you standing up and doing that piece. I think we should hear one from you, if that's okay with you. Yes, it is. I'm going to read this one, though, because I thought about doing one off the top of my head, but I thought, no, actually, let me read one that um, I kind of know it, but I like this one. And I think uh, it's something that, many of us go through i'm just going to introduce it it's called no hard feelings and it's basically when you have a friend and you kind of drift apart there's no animosity there you don't fight but over time you stop you get into contact less and less and yeah. uh, and, that, and that and also that person your morals have changed you know you, your priorities have changed so it's called no hard feelings meaning that okay i'm not your best mate but i'll still be okay with you but we just don't have to do what we used to do does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Thank you. Over to you then. Hopefully the poem will as well then. <laughs> <laughs> we used to roll together when my bankroll was together, when income was coming in, when incoming calls kept coming in, people kept coming in until I was running out. Then they were running out funny thing or a money thing who knows what a coincidence is i didn't even invite them in yet they still got in they sipped me like juice and gin sat me like a lack of vitamins they used me like vicodin frightening paranoia heightening who's real and who's fake for fuck's sake i'm not one to swear but i swear i used to swear by them now i don't care about them I've got nothing for or against. We just can't remain mates. No hiding, no hate. Friendship dissipates. No more listen, mate. No more arguments. Not even small talk like Parliament. I plead the fifth. But there's no amendment between us. I'm no longer your Venus. Past experience are just not appealing. Like too much consumption or erectile dysfunction. No hard feelings. And I mean it. True colours. Thank you. So relatable. Everybody can pick something out of that poem and think, yeah, live that moment. I hope so. I mean, when you write it, you're never sure how other people are. And that's the, that, that's the beauty of poetry, because it actually shows you how much we do have in common yeah. and things like this. Like yeah. we go through things, we do have friends, especially as you get older as well. You, you just life, you know, more time when you're at school or when you're at college or in an institution where you're doing the same things. That's the that's what that's what the bond is. 
But the mm. real friends, after that, after that bond has gone, after you've left that football team, after you've left that school, the real ones will stick together. And the rest of you are kind of like, you don't, you know, from seeing each other every day, you don't see each other anymore. Or, you know, you just see the person and you don't gel. And it's just life, really. But we don't have to fight about it, do we? No, we absolutely don't. People change, people drift in and out of each other's lives, don't they? Everything you said is 100% true. What I like is the delivery of it because you talk like you're talking to your mates. It's not flowery, it's hard-hitting, it's the truth. Yeah, brilliant. That's, that, I, that is me, though. I think that's one of the things I say to anybody who's doing poetry, be yourself. Like So that's how I am. So that's how I would say it. So I'm not trying to perform it. It's because I know it well, but I feel that. So I, I read it how I feel it, if that makes sense. Of course. I think also it, coming from, like I say, Nigerian heritage, uh, I was thinking about this before I came on air, actually. I was thinking my mum's always been straightforward with me. Like if I don't like something, if she doesn't like something, she'll just tell me. And sometimes it might be harsh, but what I'm saying is I knew where I stood then. And I knew if I did that again, then I've got no excuse because she told me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I do that with, with people. It's like if I keep telling you something and, and you keep doing it, then that means you don't respect what I say or you don't care. And if you don't care, that's cool. Then we don't need to, like, you know, I say I don't like it. You're not listening to it. Fine. It's part waves like Moses. Let's go. I love your terminology. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're just so there. It just makes such perfect sense. <laughs> oh, well. Life is life. I just, I would say life is like catchphrase, say what you see, but sometimes it can get you in trouble. Yeah. Let's move on to what you're doing now. Tell us what's happening in your life right now. Well, this is a transition period. So I, I do what's called SYTC workshops. What's that? I've got a clothing label called True Colours, which is why I'm called True Colours the Poet. Um, and the clothing label is about embracing cultural individual differences hence why it's got two color hands around the world and the slogan is sytc show your true colors so not your skin color but who you are as a person be true to who you are but embrace cultural individual differences so basically you can be you you can be you you can be you, you can be you. we can all be different but we can all still be cohesive that's what it means so i do these workshops i go into colleges schools prisons and just talk about like embracing difference and, and also like there may be topics on racism, xenophobia, and what whiteness is now. That's a new one. And it's really, really interesting that is um, how how people can think in, in certain ways due to the way you look and how you are and all these things. So it's just breaking down a lot of these stereotypes to unlearn a lot of things that we've kind of been brainwashed to believe. But a lot of times we're not actually doing our own thinking because it's already been programmed into us, if that makes sense. So you're doing your bit to unite the world, really. Trying. Trying. Bit by bit, we could, you know, we can all do our bit. But the whole point of True Colours is a movement. It's a, it's a clothing brand, but it's a lifestyle brand. So that's why I brought it out. It's to open people's minds to start these conversations because a lot of times I always say people don't actually think. We use phrases like you don't act your age. Well, if you're acting, then you're not being yourself you know think about it. why you're acting why do we use that as a phrase so what you're doing is actually saying you're this age so you should be doing this it's making you rigid and it's making you not be yourself so uh, stop act, stop acting that way stop oh dress dress your dress your age you're basically putting yourself in a small box so you can't move anywhere and then if you move out of that box people go oh he's weird 
or she's weird because they're not doing what you're doing. And that's, I'm trying to, you know, get people to be the, be comfortable with who you are. And I think that'll break down people being hopeful towards other people. You want everyone to live their own truth, whatever that might be. Yeah, without, not at the expense of somebody else's detriment, yeah. basically. You yeah. know, there's enough, there's enough space for all of us on this world. And um, there's so many different colours and sizes and shapes and ages and whatever. And that's what's fascinating to me. Why Why should we be all be the same? That would be a bit boring. You know? <laughs> How refreshing. I don't know why everybody doesn't think this way, but we really don't. I do have a question. When you say what white means now, what does that mean? What What's happened is whiteness is, is not a colour. So I'll give you an example. Say if there's five people over there that are fighting and they're black, they'll say there's five black guys over there. If there's five white people, they'll say, oh, there's five guys over there. The color's never mentioned. So so it means you that's the absence of color. So so there's no stigma attached to it. There's no stereotypes. So there's no traits attached to whiteness. So what I'm saying is now there's a conversation about what whiteness is because if there's blackness and there's this, there's that, well, well there has to be the opposite. If we're colored, that, does that mean you're colorless? You know, so we have to look at both sides of the coin because you can't label one thing without it being the other. Because I, I was thinking this as well. Could you imagine if somebody's parents said, don't you dare bring a tall person into this house? If you ever bring a tall person into this house, I'll, I'll disown you. You'd be like, what? Is this person crazy? But you've heard so many white people say, if you bring a black person into this house, I'll, I'll disown you. I've heard it myself. I've grown up here all my life. I've mm-hmm. heard that phrase in front of me, you know, and... If you think about it, it's absolute madness because what you're actually saying is somebody who has a different pigmentation than yours means they're going to be different to what, you know, you look like. It's crazy but because you, you can't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have no control over how you're born, but you have what you have control over is how you think and how you are towards other people. So because I've experienced a lot of prejudice in my life it's made me think about things a lot more than people who haven't experienced it so when you when you explain this to them they're like no or stop they get the first thing is to get defensive because one they've never been told this before two they've never had to think about it and three it means you've got to start unlearning some of the things you may have picked up and you didn't even realize and and it's easier to point the finger at other people than it is to point it at yourself and go you know what i have to do a little bit of work here it's like I give the example. I'm male. Uh, I I don't know what it's like to be female. I don't know what a period pain is going to feel like. So who am I to say to that girl? Oh, get over it. Oh, it doesn't hurt. I've ne- I've never experienced it, so I can't talk on it and I can't tell you how to feel about it when I've never been hit. It's like if I punch you, punch not you, but punch somebody in the nose, and they go, Ah, oh, that hurt, and I go, No, it didn't. How would I know? I'm not the. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm not the receiver of the punch. He's got a broken nose, going, it's killing, and you're going. Oh, stop being a pussy. But that's basically what it's like. You know, when, when somebody says, says, mate, I don't like you when you say that to me. Oh, get over it. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It still hurts. So what you should say is, oh, sorry, I didn't realize. Or thanks for telling me that. At least I know now. Take it as a learning curve. Don't get defensive and don't get like, I'm not saying that you're racist and I don't care whether you are or not. What I care about is you want to learn right from wrong. That's it. You know, The culture we're living though, isn't it? There is so much blame game in the world that people don't automatically think, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing how you feel. Yeah. I will try and move on and learn from that. 
we, we don't our automatic instinct is to say well you started it or whatever you know yeah. it's always yeah. somebody else's fault exactly because the thing is I've had to do the work myself I'm still doing the work in, in mm. so many aspects of my life I'm not I wouldn't tell anybody to do something that I wouldn't do myself because that yeah. would make me a hypocrite and it would also make me false because what I'm saying is is that nobody's perfect and there's nothing wrong with that we're all imperfectly perfect mm. you know because everybody has their fault that's what makes us human but yeah. what make what makes us on the wrong side of it is when you don't want to admit when you may have got something wrong and that's in any aspect of life yeah so with me I love it when people are straight with me going back to that because then I know where I stand with that person yeah. at least even if I don't like what they've said right I'm not going to do that again but people who get told and still do it well then they don't care do they yeah, they don't care exactly. So sometimes you have to leave people. Not everybody's going to do it, but by osmosis, through two colours, through poetry, through people having these conversations and not getting scared to have these conversations, I always say it's not about what you say, it's about your intentions. Yeah. So if your intentions are wanting to genuinely know so you can educate yourself, brilliant. What I'm trying to say is if you really want to know, there is we're in the, we're in the world now where we can access things at the push of a button. And there are many, many sources where we can find out truths. And not just that, because if you, the more and more you search, the more you'll find the truth as well, because obviously there's more people that say the same thing. But yeah. the main thing is, is we have to all look at ourselves. And I'm not talking about colour. I'm not talking about gender. It doesn't matter. It just means as human beings, full stop. And, and once we get rid of all these labels, then I tell you what, we'll be a lot more cohesive. I love your philosophy on life. I think we could all learn a little bit of something from you. Let's move on and listen to some more poetry, if you wouldn't mind sharing another piece or two even. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple, yeah. So this one is from my collection, Outspoken. It's a poem about my ex-girlfriend. She told me about these things, right? But it wasn't until after we split up. So... And the funny thing was, one of my ex other exes said, was this about me? So the irony is when you hear this poem, you're going to understand how more common it is than actually, I thought it was just with her, but even the one before her told me, but it's going to make more sense when I read it anyway. So, so you'll, you'll kind of understand what I mean. Thank you. It's called Set C, because she, she left due to this. She only saw me for me. Her mates would make a mockery saying, how could you date one of me? One of them. This came from her apparent friends. She naively thought that they thought like her. Thoughts of their prejudice had not occurred to her until they realised her boyfriend was black. To her, it was not a fact of any matter. As a matter of fact, they did not concur. Keeping it white is what they prefer. Refer to her as black meat, then see me, meet me, and greet me. Having no inkling, I know of their deceitful ways, of which I hate, but I must play the game. She held so much back to protect my back, stuff like, I didn't think your boyfriend would be black. Why did you go and do that? Now you're going to be known as Baby Spice because you damaged goods. You're going to get hurt and damaged good. He's going to break you in two. He's going to cheat on you. All black men do. You know, the partial to domestic violence too. STDs, so many of them do. 
You better go for a checkup, you. He does look a bit of a thug. I bet he sells drugs. Did I tell you they're partial to get violent? All this time, she's silent, keeping quiet while her emotions run riot. Drained and tired, she cries in private. The people making her love feel like it's a sin. Are the people actually committing the sin? All because of the colour of my skin. She said she wanted to tell me, but she didn't know where to begin. And all these years later, she opens up like an open book. She relates to me in detail. Or the barbaric, racist regal. Merely because she dated a black male. She was emotionally blackmailed to leave me, set sea and sail. That's it. I'm stunned to silence. <laughs> yeah, well, it gave me the inspiration to write it. And uh, the sad thing is, it's not that's quite common as well. Uh, but it's something that's not spoken about, which is mm. why the book is called Outspoken, which is why I wanted to write about these things, because these are the intricacies of what happened behind closed doors. You know, the conversation, these are the nuanced parts of racism. It's not the direct racism these are the things that are happening around you and another thing is being a being identified as black growing up in this country all my mm. life i was born in 1976 six decades so i've seen it i've seen it go from blatant to latent and the thing is i i understand the culture of this country but people still see me as not from here it's really crazy but mm. i understand the, the core of this country more than people who think they are patriots because i i've been at the bottom of the shoe so to speak so when you're at the bottom of the shoe you see all the way up and the people that have kind of not had these things are quite blind to it immune to it and that's why i wanted to write these things to give them an insight into the world where they're not privy to and also they may not be realize i'm privy to it do you know what i'm trying to say because they may think yeah. oh i don't say these things but i know people say these things i know people that know me that say things like this but they'll never say it to my face and, and that's why i say i play the game because yeah. sometimes I just can't be bothered to say anything because that's, and also that's between them, isn't it? Because if they're not going to be open and front about their racist views and yeah. terminology, then that's their problem, not mine, you know? It is their problem. Yeah. I will share something with you that I don't normally tell people because it's quite shameful. Yeah, it's okay. Um, when I was a little girl, yeah, and we used to go and visit my gran in the summer holidays, she yeah. would turn certain programs off the television and wouldn't allow us to watch them. Because of black people and Asian people on. Yeah. Floella yeah. Benjamin on Play yeah. School. I remember, yeah. A, children, a little children's program, and she would turn it off and we weren't allowed to watch it. Sad, isn't it? How bad is that? That's the thing, though. This country has taught people this. These yeah. things don't come from anywhere because, if you again, if you put five babies together of different ethnicities, they play with each other. The only time they stop playing is when their parents go, don't go with those people over there, don't go with these people. And then it starts giving them this vision. And then also what we see on television, beauty only looking a certain way. And that's not just about colour, that's about size. That's about what sort of you know hair you should have and eye colour and all these things. It's the nurture-nature thing. It's kids, exactly. when they're young and at school, they don't care. It means they don't, they don't. I don't think they even see that they're they different don't. colours. They're just their friends. They are just friends. That's all there is to it. There's one where there's the two boys and they've had the same haircut. One's black, one's yeah. white. And they go, we're brothers, we're twins. You know, there were four, five. 
I saw that. They both had their hair shaved off so that they could fool their teacher and so she would think they were twins. I love that. So cute. But that's how it should be, though. Yeah. You're, You're just two human beings. Yeah. What society has done has made it made abnormal normal. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because oh, racism yeah. is abnormal. You know, sexism is abnormal. These things are crazy because the people at the top let these things happen and it perpetuates from top to bottom, doesn't it? So It's a shame, but it's a fact of life that is. we have to have a whole set of protected characteristics. Yeah, because it's mad. Humans are the worst. Yeah, yeah so ashamed of us sometimes it's unreal anyway let's move on to to another piece from you if we may please yeah um right okay so i always finish this one on my set so it's only right i do this one here um and apologies for anybody who's heard it loads of times though always performing but i think it's relevant and i think it's timeless when i and when i wrote it again it was out of a situation and i always explain this but I'm going to repeat it. Well, I'm saying it like I don't know who's listening, do I? So well, yeah. <laughs> people may not know. So I used to work at a school, and um, and funny enough, it wasn't the it wasn't the students that had problems. It was some of the teachers were so ignorant. But one teacher, my name is Emeka, and she said, um, "Well, how do I say your name?" I said, "It's Emeka." She went, "That's a weird name." I said, "It's not weird. It's Nigerian." She said, "Oh, you're Nigerian." I said, "Well, no." I said, "My parents are Nigerian." She goes. No, she goes, oh, what are you doing here if you're Nigerian? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing here? I said, I was born here. She's like, oh, what about your parents then? I said, uh, they were born in Nigeria, and then they came here. She goes, no, they said, oh, so why did they come over here? I said, you're asking the wrong question. You should ask why the Brits came to Nigeria to colonize it, otherwise they wouldn't be here. And she says, well, what's that? I said, what do you mean? I said, that's what the British Empire did. That's why there's loads of different ethnicities in England, because they brought people over and told everyone this is the best country in the world come here you're part of mother england and then they told the people in england that these people are coming here to invade you so they did it to play each other off very cleverly she she didn't know any of this so she was really embarrassed and then um she basically went off and came out the next day and said sorry because she googled it and looked it up and then the last one was we did a thing on food with the kids and we talked about different foods and embracing different cultures. So we brought all the food in from different areas in the class. We tried it and everything, and the kids loved it. We came back to the uh, staff room. I had brought my food out now, which was um, Nigerian. And it's one of the teachers in the class who was doing it with me said, uh, what's that? And I said, it's, it's my food. She's pointing at it. She said, oh, it smells funny. And I said to her, we've just done a, a, an hour and a half uh, class on embracing cultural differences and trying different things and you've just said that and she went yeah but that's that's teaching this is real life i said don't speak to me again i took my food i went to the kitchen i never ate in the staff room again so that was literally just curriculum she didn't believe anything she was teaching yeah basically yeah there's a lot there's a lot of people like that but that's another story but um i went to the kitchen and i was so annoyed i wrote this poem called culture clash and it it, it turned out to be, it seems to be a bit of a one that a lot of people can relate to, so this is where it comes from. I eat chicken on the bone with my fingers. Staff look at me and their stare lingers because I'm not using a fork or eating pie of pork or ham and cheese. Oh, please stop before I make a police stop and arrest you mid-stare because personally I don't care what you think. But tell me again, my food stinks, and I'll be all up in your grill, 
like toast and make you feel most unwelcome. But I really want to educate and help them because our backgrounds are different. I eat different food, for instance, but that doesn't give you the right to tell me it's disgusting. Carry on and I'll be thrusting it down your throat and you'll see it's nice. By the way, it's jell-off rice, a staple West African dish. And yes, it can contain fish, but it's cooked to taste. Guaranteed none goes to waste. But I'm going off course here. There is a lesson, of course, here. And that is don't knock it till you've tried it. And if you don't want to, keep quiet before you speak nonsense. Because if cultural knowledge was money, you'd have one pence. When you go to live or on holidays in countries like Spain, the locals think you're a pain. Every night you order steak and chips and then get pissed and shake those hips with fellow Brits. Dancing to shaking Stevens. Speak fast for no reason. Don't try to appease them. Don't want to learn the language, but you're telling the Spanish waiter in English all your anguish, and he can't understand half of it, and there lies your problem. Well, part of it. Because you want to live British abroad, get dead fat, call yourselves expats. But when foreigners do it here, they're called immigrants and abhorred for your angst, when in fact, you should give thanks, because without them, the UK would look sucked. And if you don't believe me, you can go and get hooked on the World Wide Web and read instead of listening to tarnished views from the BBC News that lean awkwardly to the right. And you watch cautiously through the night, getting hypnotised by biased mantra. With so many additives, it may as well be Fanta. But there's nothing sweet about it. With bitterness, you tweet about it for hundreds to read, and hundreds agree with you because not much is going on in their lives, having marital problems with their husbands and their wives, getting laid off at work. They need to go berserk. But nobody ever blames the English boss who hired them. Cheap labour. Hmm. I wonder what inspired him. What a joke. So foreigners, please take note that you will be blamed for most things while the same English people are boasting about their Japanese sports car, sipping German beer in an English sports bar, posting pictures of that South Asian curry they're about to eat. You see, it's all deceit and lies. There's such tenuous ties that separate us just to desecrate us and keep us from being one. So power to the people, there's none. We are categorized and separated, so togetherness is decimated into color, race, creed and class, which evolves into one big culture clash. That's it. Most of our lives is from abroad, from the food we eat, yeah. the cars we drive, the televisions we're watching, the computers we're working on. Yeah, yeah the phones, yeah. <laughs> There's almost nothing that we make here. Which is why Britain went all over the world and colonised it, to bring it all back here. And this is what people don't understand. The history is very much part of what's happening now, but because they don't teach us this in schools, they don't make those connections, people think, oh, every, everything was always here and we've always had all these things, but they didn't realise they had to go out and do a lot of bad things to go and get it back to this country and then tell the people that they colonised that they're the bad people. And this is where racism stems from. Uh, that's why Jill Scott Herald called it his story not history, because it's like a version of events. I don't know why we choose to not trust anything that is from abroad or anything that's not here when everything we use is from abroad. It's from abroad. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine what we go to eat after, after going out for a few drinks? What would it be? Fish and chips every time. Yeah, but that was, and actually, there was a Jewish person who introduced that, by the way. So people don't even know that. 
I did not know that. <laughs> Look it up. I'm not. I'm not lying. Yeah, it's uh, ice cream Italian. You know, it, it's crazy. We, we 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 because curry is like one of the national dishes, and it's and it's not even from here. But that's part of the colony. You know, that's part of the British colony. They 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 when Britain went all to all these places, they thought that's amazing. That's amazing. So they brought all these great things here, and that's what makes Britain great to me. These yeah. things are what make Britain great, but the the, the history of it. Is horrible, but at the end of the day, if we just admit it and say we don't want to do that again, we'd be so much better. But we're in denial and you know and defensive mode and never apologising and never trying to rectify it. And this is what trickles down. But anyway, I've spoken a lot now, so I will shut up. <laughs> to be honest, collaboration is the key. One hundred. You know, we do use a lot of things from abroad. That is absolutely true. But if we were collaborating rather than taking, exactly. If every country collaborated and didn't take, yep. can you imagine how yep. wonderful the world would be? I know it's like a pipe dream and a fairy tale, but you know, it could have gone that way. There is enough in the world for everybody to be safe and fed and homed. So, what is your perfect world? Your future, then? What you're aspiring for? People letting people be, and that's it. I, I, my perfect world would be there'd be no passports, there'd be no borders, and, and also there'd be no labels. SYTC workshops all over the place, but, but because also in schools, have you noticed arts are not classed as that important? Or, mm. sorry, they're not pushed up as like maths and English and your sciences and your, these core topics, as I call them. Mm. Um, some people are creative. In, yeah. so, like we, we a lot of people class themselves as intelligent by what they got grade they got at school I've noticed this and after school people still say oh I got five 15 he got 15 GCSEs he got that, that doesn't mean anything though because like you could have 15 GCSEs but you might not know how to maneuver yourself in life and mm -hmm. have any common sense and the life skills are really important so we concentrate a lot on life skills with the SYTC workshops and working on ourselves because I think that's more important than a job because your big, your first job should be you. And then the second job should be others, you know? And yeah. uh, the more we do that, I think the more accepting people are of other people, but you have to accept yourself first. That's the thing. <laughs> and a lot of people don't. So. No, a lot of people don't. It's funny. Um, you being called true colors, Back in the day, I used to do a radio show called True Colours. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we're, we were aligned to meet. That's fate then, you know? I know, right? And it was all about diversity and people are go. being allowed to be exactly what they want to be. And Really? Yeah, 100%. I used to do it for Derby Sound and I used to do it every week and it was called True Colours, and there you go. It's still on oh. Mixcloud somewhere where the shows were recorded and put out for people to listen to. So there is a True Colours radio show out there. So, yeah, we have used the same name. Yeah, Vanessa Boom, I know her. Yeah. She was there as well, sure. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, it's a small world. Very small <laughs> yeah, world. definitely, definitely. But I love podcasting. And, you know, whereas we might not have exactly the same values on everything that we do and we're coming at it from different angles, we both want people to be able to be exactly who they are. 
Exactly, yeah, and that's how it should be. But I wanted to say earlier that you're doing it through this, through your platform, for your podcast. And I said on the think voice note, thanks for having me on because, like you say, if, if it isn't for people like yourself and these platforms, then how do people hear about other people's views yeah. and vice versa? That's why I love listening to stuff like this because we need to listen to other people uh, to get a better understanding, don't we? That's that's it, really. Um, and like you say come from different angles but we all want the same thing everybody wants to be happy healthy and you know what i mean we, we surely everybody wants to enjoy themselves right and be happy and unfortunately money uh society's made money look like that's a thing that happiness comes to but it, it isn't really it's being happy within yourself first and then you know be rich rich within yourself and then the rest comes really so thanks for putting us up really really appreciate it it is absolutely my pleasure. I learn such a lot and I meet so many new people I might never have met otherwise that it educates me as well as everybody else. So, you know, it's a win-win situation for me. And vice versa, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that is a tradition on this podcast now is that everybody that is a guest with me will recommend another poet for our listeners that they may not necessarily know about. So who would you recommend for our listeners? Well, she's she's not a... Well, she is a poet, but she does it in music form. Charlene Music 1, Instagram. She's brilliant, really talented. But the thing is, I keep saying to her, you need to put more stuff out. But she's talented, but she's like me, a procrastinator, you know? But she's even worse than me. <laughs> and um, But yeah, Charlene, very talented. And um, she's got a, actually a children's book out actually as well. I just want her to get a bit of recognition because she's really talented, but she doesn't push herself as much as she should. And you know what? Somebody said that to me, and I'm passing it down now because I've I've sort of had that kick up the bum. So I'm kind yeah. of you know each one teach one kind of thing. So yeah, Charlene at Music One. She can be found on Instagram. That is perfect. Thank you. Definitely going to look her up. Brilliant. So that then brings us to the end of our enlightening conversation. So before I let you go, though, now that we've gotten to know you, please tell us where we can keep up with your journey and continue to follow you online. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I always forget to plug where I'm on as well. Uh, it's, I'm glad you said that. So, so I've got a Facebook page, which is True Colours Clothing. Dead easy to find. Um. True underscore colours underscore clothing official. Um, that's on Instagram. And True Colours in Poetry on Instagram as well. They're my three main uh, platforms. Perfect. Give us a follow if you can, if you care, if you want to. If not, still love you. <laughs> you have been an absolute pleasure and a joy to talk to today thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your journey your aspirations and your inspiring words oh wow thank you very much you're very very flattering and flurry does get you everywhere um <laughs> i really do appreciate i do appreciate your kind words though seriously um you've been awesome thanks for having me and you've made it comfortable so i think that's it's it's a two-way thing so yeah thanks a lot you are very welcome and thank you for listening to 
this episode of Talk Poetry to Me. Be sure to check out True Colours online and join us again for more poetic conversations that inspire. So until next time, take care of each other. All that's left for me to say before I leave is thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to ask you to share it with your friends and family and anyone whose heart and mind loves the power of the spoken word. Let's build our community of poetic souls together. Join us on Twitter at talkpoetry underscore to me. You can also email me at talkpoetry to me at gmail.com. I've been Daisy Ray and until we meet again, take care of each other. Hi, I'm April Berry. Have you listened to Bear Books podcast yet? If not, why not? We interview indie authors showcasing their novels, plus we read the best flash fiction stories written by you. You can find us on social media at Bear Books Podcast. Come on and join the family. <laughs>